You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been looking at it like we look at it today. We look back at it knowing exactly all that it meant. But if we would have been alive during that time and we would have been standing there or fleeing whatever position we would have taken, it's easy to think that we would have been standing there with Mary and Mary Magdalene, uh, John, uh, but we may not have been anywhere close. We would have thought everything's coming apart. And now we look at the cross, we look back at it, and all of our hope is because of what he's already done. And what a blessing, thankful for that. All right, keep your Bible out. Uh, here, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to be looking at a lot of verses here tonight. 2 Timothy 4, he says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. You know, before anything is ever finished... You have to start. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. But we see that Paul not only had that finish line, he had a starting line. Some of us have got to reset our focus and get back in the race. 2020 and 2021 has sidelined a lot of people. We have become spectators. Right? And I'm not saying we're not doing anything for the Lord. But we're not running. And Paul here is looking at a race and he's saying, I have finished my course. He was at the end of his race. And as he's looking at that race, he is right on that home stretch. In the, in the relay, he is that fourth, he's on that fourth lap. And he can see the finish line, and now he is running towards it. And he knows, hey, I'm, I'm done. There's, there's my finish line. It's coming up. Now, we don't know where the finish line is. We just need to keep on running. But here, as we look at it, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Keep your place in 2 Timothy. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. A very familiar verse, but look at verse number 1 with me. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He had to start. Before the sixth day, there was the first day. And everything has a progression. And that progression is the same thing in every aspect of our life. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just laying a little groundwork here before we get into the message. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and look at verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Bible says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. There, it's just assumed that we're going to walk. Have you ever thought about taking a walk but didn't? Have you ever thought about going to the gym but didn't? Have you thought about exercising in 2022 and you've already missed two days? 
Yes. Before you can accomplish something, you have to start. And it doesn't mean that you haven't ever started or I haven't ever started. But in many areas, it's not that we have started, we have stalled. And we need to restart. Same thing, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. If I was in school chapel and I was calling out these scriptures, the kids, I mean, they are so fast. It is, it is embarrassing. I mean, I have the list of verses already and they get there before me. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. They are so quick at uh, the sword drills. Uh, but uh, Philippians chapter 1, look at verse number 6 with me. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord, he has started something in your life. He has started something in my life. And he is going to work to bring it about. Ephesians 2.10 we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Uh, God has started something, and he wants to not only start it, he wants to finish it. And in our life, there are some things that we know, we know that we want to finish, but some of those things, we've got to start. For us to finish it, we have to start. So Paul said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And you and I cannot finish a race that we have not started. And we will never fit, finish the race if we have already quit the race. And tonight I just want to encourage all of us to start. This morning I spoke on the subject, uh, a new morning. This morning I want to speak to you on the subject, a new beginning. A new beginning. Father, I pray that you'd bless now these next few moments. Help each of us here in person, those watching online, help all of us, Lord, to look into our own life, to see where we are at. Uh, Lord, may you uh, help us to take uh, just uh, take a little bit of time to, uh, to assess where we are, and may, may we make adjustments as needed. Lord, you, you are the one that uh, wants to see something accomplished in our lives. And so I pray that you would help us, Lord, to follow your leading. Uh, bless now these that are here. Uh, help all of us as we endeavor to, uh, to, to grow in our faith. So help all of us here and online for Christ's sake. Amen. All right, so here when we look at, uh, when we look at this uh, idea or this thought about starting, uh, having a new beginning, uh, it's, it's easy uh, to be excited about something that's brand new. You know, have you, have you ever uh, started something and you were excited about it? Uh, maybe, maybe it was exercise. Maybe it was a gym membership and you were excited about it uh, for the first week. And then, uh, the, but there was, there was something exciting about it. Maybe it was a job that you started and you were excited about this new job. Maybe it was a ministry that you got engaged and involved with and you started it and it was exciting. Uh, maybe there was, uh, maybe it was just uh, some, some uh, the Christian life. You got saved and everything was fresh. Everything was new. Every sermon was a life-changing sermon. But you've been in many services. You've heard many sermons. Uh, we used to joke about it when we were in Bible college. I've heard so many life-changing messages that I didn't know who I was anymore. And you know, uh, as, a, as a new believer, and it's just, you're hungry for everything. It's exciting. But you know what? That hunger shouldn't get... That appetite should not diminish. That appetite should grow. You see, that which comes naturally is the flesh. That which comes 
spiritually, we've got to develop a new appetite for. Have you ever had something that you just weren't sure about the first time you ate it? And then the second time you ate it, you thought, man, that was pretty good. And pretty soon you liked it. Maybe you liked sushi. How many of you like sushi? How many of you loved sushi the very first time you had it? The raw fish sushi. I'm not talking about just the, uh, okay, there are a few. But, but there are certain things that you almost develop an appetite for. Coffee. Now, I, I love black coffee. But when I started drinking coffee, I was about five years old. And it was, I would go to visit my, my great aunt and uncle, and they would not have hot chocolate, they would have coffee. And they would fill the cup about that much with half and half, and then a little bit of coffee and about half a cup of sugar. And so that was my cocoa growing up. Now, as I have grown in many ways, but as I have uh, grown, I no longer put anything in my coffee. And sometimes people say, well, coffee is so bitter. And I don't think that at all. But there was probably an appetite that was developed for that. How many of you have ever had a gyro? You know what a gyro is? Okay, it is, it is a Greek pita, a Greek sandwich, and I love them. They are amazing. And so, but the very first time I had the gyro meat, I tasted it, and I thought, I'm not sure about this. And then uh, I ended up going with somebody. We went out to lunch, and they grabbed uh, some gyros, and, uh, gyros, and so I, I had it again. And so I love the tzatziki sauce. And so the combination of them just put this flavor together, and I just, I love gyros now. And, and I, would, I would travel a little ways to go get one, and so, uh, but it was something that was an appetite that we had to develop. You know, sometimes in the spiritual realm, there's an appetite that we have to develop. I remember when I first got saved. When I first got saved, um, as a teenager, uh, all the music that I listened to was the world's music. It was ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. And if you walked into my room, you could not see the walls. All you would see is these posters. And I remember sitting in church, listening to music like what we sing here. A special would go on and I'd be plugging my ears thinking, this is terrible. These people call that music. And now I look back and I think, that's terrible. What's happened? There's been a shift in my appetite. I've changed my appetite. I've, I have developed an appetite for spiritual things. And I'm not saying that I always have an appetite for spiritual things, but, but that is something that we want to make sure that we are developing in our life, that we have that, uh, that appetite for that which is right. And the Apostle Paul, he started a race, and from the time he got saved till the time the Lord took him home, we could see that, that he ran that race. He ran. He was always engaged in the race. And, and we know that he had up days, down days, just like everybody else. But what is recorded for us in the Word of God is we see a man from the time he is saved until the time he is taken home, uh, he was a person that was actively engaged in getting the gospel out and following the Lord and, and telling people about the Savior. He ran when it was new. He ran what was fresh. He ran when it was exciting. Uh, but when it wasn't exciting, he still ran. When it wasn't easy, he still ran. When the opposition came, he still ran. And, and all of us have observed over the years people who have been engaged and served, and then all of a sudden you stop and you look around and say, what, what just happened? Where'd they go? Somewhere along the line, They got sidetracked. 
Maybe they were disillusioned. Maybe they had just personal problems come into their life and struggles that they faced and just weren't able to, to navigate through those and still follow the Lord. And none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. Just because we're here tonight doesn't mean we will always be here. And if we are going to finish our course, it's going to be on purpose. It will not happen accidentally. And so uh, tonight I just want to stop and, and look uh, at some things that I think that uh, will be, be a help to us as we look at a new beginning, 2022. So first of all, if we're going to finish our race, number one, start. Start. Get up to the line and the, the, the starting gun has already, it has already popped. It has already been shot, and it's time for us to start. Uh, take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, 1 Corinthians 9, and we need, we need to start in this race. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, look with me at verse 24, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. The Bible says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it for, to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body, and bring it in subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And, and here, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I've, I'm running. He said, but as I'm running, I've got to realize that I'm going to have to keep my life in check. I've got to make sure that I guard myself so I don't get sidetracked. He says, I don't want to just preach to others and be a castaway myself. I, I don't want to just, uh, just be in this race uh, just for a corruptible crown down here. He says, I, I want to run this race for an incorruptible crown. And so uh, we see that many have started and stalled. Uh, you and I, we need to make sure that, that we've started. Where are we in our race? Where are we in this race as of the Christian life? And, and I think there are, there are places in life where we start in one area and then uh, we start in a different area and we're growing and there's a lot of, a lot of different dynamics that we need to allow the Lord to work in in our life. But but primarily, are we serving the Lord? Have we started uh, the Christian life? In 2022, uh, let's, let's make sure. If we haven't started and we're not, we're not running actively engaged in the race, let's start. Let's start. Let's, let's get there. And there are many things in life that are worth starting. And, and, and we have to look into our own life. And one of the, one of the ways to really uh, determine what we need to do first in our life is to look at our God-given responsibilities. God has given you and he has given me different responsibilities. And as we are engaged, some of them overlap for all of us, but as we are, as we are running, let's make sure that we are running primarily in the areas that, that the Lord has given priorities to us. Uh, as, a, as a Christian, uh, I am, I, as a child of God, I am to be a man of God. Not as a pastor, as a, as a man, I need to be a man that is following the Lord. I need to be a man of God. I need to be the man that God wants me to be. And that, that is very, that's very important. That's my primary role is to be the person that God has created me to be. Now that's going to include then my relationship with him. And for that relationship to be what it needs to be, there are certain things that I need to do and there are other things that I need to do not to do. Uh, because of that relationship, uh, I am not, not only am I to, to be the man that God has created me to be, uh, I'm to be the husband that, that uh, I am supposed to be. Uh, to my wife, I need to be the husband that God wants me to be. Uh, and uh, to be the dad, the papa uh, that the Lord has given me with my family. Uh, I am to be the pastor that God wants me to be. And every one of us have a different list, but for me, these are, these are priorities. These are 
God-given responsibilities that God has given to me uh, to be the pastor, to be the friend uh, that I am supposed to be. So these, these areas are things that should guide what I choose to start and where I choose to run. I've got to make sure that I'm starting in the areas that God wants me to start. Am I running in these areas? Am I allowing the Lord to lead me uh, in these areas? And so, so with that, there are things that we need to start. We need to start with our walk with God. You know, being, being in church is primary. It is, it is central for the believer. I mean, I look at my life and I see, see what God has done in my life. It all revolved around the church. You look at the New Testament believers. Everything revolved around the church. And of course, God's the focus. But, but with that, we look at our walk with God and, 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 uh, and, and our prayer and, and our time with Him, our service uh, for Him. And then uh, we allow Him to work in our life and sanctification is the byproduct of Him working in our life. The Holy Spirit of God will not leave us how he found us. And he will, he will work uh, in our life. Uh, and if we're saved, he is, he is going to clean us up. There are things that he is going to want us to give up. There are things of, uh, uh, th- we need to omit out of our life. There are things that we need to commit to in our life. Uh, and so he wants to make us a holy people. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What was Paul saying when he said uh, that, that he didn't want to become a castaway? He wanted to make sure that the life that he had and the life that he was living was not a stumbling block uh, to other people. And uh, just the Lord working in us, he brings about uh, a new person. And so uh, we need to start uh, with with uh, our walk with God and uh, our marriage relationships and family and, uh, of course, our occupation. It comes in there, the vocation that you have. God, God has, has orchestrated what we do. He knows exactly where you work. He wants you to be a light to those people. He knows, he knows the ones that you are going to come in contact with that no, not, I won't come in contact with them. Your, your uh, other believers that we, that we know, they're probably not going to come in contact with them. God gives us opportunities. He is always, he's working uh, in our life. And uh, there's so many things, but we in this Christian life, in this race that the Lord wants us to run, uh, our world, the world that, that uh, our life revolves around, uh, we need to make sure that we are starting that race uh, for, the, for the Savior. And so uh, we need to start. Uh, and starting with our, uh, with our relationship with the Lord, uh, maybe in 2021, uh, your, your Bible reading, uh, maybe if you haven't uh, developed that habit in your life, start. Start reading your Bible. Start having devotions. Start spending time in prayer. I mentioned this morning uh, about praying for five minutes. It's amazing how many times I'll mention that, and it sort of gets blown off like, yeah, five minutes, what good's that going to do? It'll do a whole lot more than none. Can you imagine if every day, every one of us spent five minutes in prayer? You know what God would do in our midst? When all of us, collectively, as a church family, are coming before the Lord, God will do something. God God works, and God still wants to reach this community. God still wants to do something great. He wants us to be a part of it. He allows us to be a part of it. It's an honor to serve the Lord. And and we we look at uh, starting in reading our Bible, starting in praying, uh, Maybe, maybe in your, your personal relationships, start reading a book on marriage. Now, Deb and I, we got married. Nobody told us to read a book on marriage. And she needed it. 
<laughs> you know, we, we have books back there, and there are so many resources. But are we doing anything with it? We want to have a better marriage. We want to have a better home. We want to have a better uh, walk with the Lord. Well, we have to do something about it. We can't just, just go through life like we've always been going through and just expect that it's all going to get better. It doesn't work that way. We've got, we've got to work on it. Uh, so start reading our Bible and start praying and start reading uh, maybe a book on marriage. Maybe uh, start working on relationship with your kids. You say, right now, the relationship's great. Praise the Lord. Keep investing. Keep investing. Don't let that go. Maybe it's, we need to start serving. We're saved, but do we have an area to serve? There's, there's something about doing something for the Savior. Just think about Christmas. How did you feel when someone was opening up a gift that you gave them? There is a joy, there is a fulfillment in meeting a want or a need. The Lord has wants and needs. And he has left us here to be his feet, his hands. He is he is given us opportunities to be able to serve him. We need to start sharpening ourselves. When it comes to the faith, he said, we walk by faith, not by sight. And sometimes when it comes to serving the Lord, people will say, well, you know, I just don't know what I could do. Or I've never done that before. That's okay. The Christian life is walking by faith, not by sight. You don't have to have all the experience. Now, if you're going to play the piano, you have to have the experience. Brother David, would you like to play us a special? He would like to play us a special. But he doesn't have that talent. I would love to be able to sit down. I took piano lessons for about three months. And I could play chopsticks when Mary had a little lamb and when the saints go marching in. And that's about it. And so, uh, but, but I, don't have, I don't have that ability. There are certain things that we have to develop talents, but there's a lot of opportunities that we have to serve the Lord that we just have to be available. And so we need to start, uh, start in the Christian life. If we are going to uh, finish the race, number one, we have to start. Number two, stay. Stay. Stay in the race. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. It's easy to start. It's hard to stay. When I was younger, Dr. Hiles used to say that, um, that the, those that have been faithful, had, he had the highest respect for people that had just been faithful. And I remember as a young, young Christian thinking, man, faithful isn't doing anything. Man, I've, I mean, we're, we're the people that are accomplishing stuff. And the older I get, the more I realize being faithful is accomplishing some things. And just being faithful, staying, staying in the battle, staying in the race. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8, we'll read down to verse number 11. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. 
For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And here, what do we find is, is that, that just as the Lord was crucified for us, there are going to be battles that we are going to face, and we've just got to stay faithful to Him. Uh, we, we have to keep going forward, uh, even though we are troubled on every side, even though we are distressed, even though we are perplexed, uh, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, He said. So uh, the Christian life, is not going to be an easy life. It's not going to be an easy life. Because we're in a battle. There is a spiritual warfare that goes on 24 hours a day. And that spiritual warfare is for our life. The devil wants to destroy us. He is the roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to remove the very, the, the very remembrance of your existence. To devour. Nothing left. And he, he wants to just take away every, every uh, remembrance of serving the Lord. And so the Christian life isn't going to be easy for uh, the believer. And, and you know, when we look in our world today... Uh, COVID has had a huge impact in our world. And it has had a huge impact in the churches. And we've got to recognize that the mission has not changed. The mission hasn't changed. And if anything, it should have brought about more of a need for us to be diligent with the mission. Because people are dying. And they're going into eternity. And we've got to make sure that we are sharing the gospel. The lost still need to be saved. Families still need to be salvaged. The devil is a destroyer. And, and we need to be reaching people. Christ still needs to be lifted up. Amen? And he wants us to be a part of that. That's part of the plan for us. And so uh, we need to realize that God has a plan for us. Uh, and as a church, uh, 2022, uh, we're going we're gonna to be laying some things out this next week. But uh, with that, there, there has to be more people engaged for us to get back in the battle. You know why? Because COVID has caused a lot of people to back up. I was thinking about our music ministry. And praise the Lord for those that have been really engaged in the music ministry. But you know what? They need some help. They need some help. You know the, the 8 to 10 that have been up on Inquirer? They need some help. We need to have some more people engaged and involved. You know, soul winning, bus routes, Sunday school. Oh, did I just say that? There, there are opportunities for us to serve. And there are people that still need to be reached. But if, if we stay on a sideline our impact will be greatly affected. Our ability to, to make the impact the Lord wants us to make is going to be highly diminished. It takes people. And where are those people coming from? Can you do me a favor? Raise your hand. There you go. That's where they're coming from. 
We've got to, we've got to make sure that uh, we've started, but we've got to not just start. We've got to stay, and, uh, and we've got to make sure that we are uh, sticking it out in, in our service for the Lord and making sure we're not getting sidetracked. Uh, I was thinking about uh, uh, the, uh, the teenagers uh, earlier this week and, and uh, just uh, uh, thinking about camp. Camp was only five months ago. Five months ago. But you know, after camp, there was a lot of zeal. It quickly diminishes, doesn't it? It's easy. It doesn't just happen to the teens. It happens to us as well. And sometimes, adults, we are the reason why it diminishes in the youth. And so just, just looking at this, a new beginning, uh, we need to uh, start, but we need to stay. Uh, don't let distractions get us off track. Don't let the problems uh, of other people uh, cause you to become disillusioned. Uh, the Lord was willing to stay on the tree all the way to the end. He said, it is finished. He finished. You know, the heroes of the faith, they're just normal people that stuck with it when it got hard. They didn't have a Superman cape under or Superman uh, outfit underneath their clothes. They were just normal people like you and me. Think about Esther and her willingness to stand all by herself. She had to put herself in a position that only she could, a, a situation that only she could remedy. And she put herself in that spot. I think about Daniel, I think about Job, I think about Mary Magdalene. Uh, I think about uh, the three Hebrew boys. I think about David. There are a lot of people that did some amazing things, but these people that we look at as heroes of the faith, these were people that were just normal people that didn't quit. They just stayed faithful. And there were a lot of them, and we need to be able to do that. Uh, people who withstood unbeatable odds. I was reading uh, this last year about a man by the name of uh, Louis Zamperini. And Louis Zamperini was a runner. And he had uh, uh, went into the 1936 Olympics in Germany. And he did not, uh, he did not medal, but he was, he was only 18 years old. And so uh, he was uh, in the, uh, the Olympics there. And, and what, as he was in the Olympics... Uh, because he was an athlete, he was right in the next box across from Adolf Hitler. He was scheduled, that was the same Olympics that Jesse Owens was in. And so uh, he, he was uh, in this, uh, these Olympics, and yet uh, Louis Zamperini uh, later, uh, he was supposed to be in the 1940 Olympics, but the 1940 Olympics, they were canceled because of World War II. He enlisted in the, uh, uh, the Army Air Corps, and, and uh, Louis Zamperini, as he was a, in the Army Air Corps, uh, his, his crew on a B-24, uh, they were sent out over the uh, South Pacific looking for another downed plane. As they were out there, they had mechanical failure, and their plane crashed. As they were out in the middle of the South Pacific there, 11, out of the 11, only three survived the crash. These three uh, 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 were put on it. They got onto a, a, uh, a raft, and as they were on this raft, one of the, the men died, and, and it was just uh, the pilot, Phillips, and uh, Louis Zamperini, who was the bombardier. And for 47 days, they were on that raft. Unbelievable. 47 days of a nightmare. They said that they were strafed by, by enemy planes. They were, they were surrounded by sharks all around them. 
the only food that they had was occasionally a bird would land on their raft and they would kill and eat that bird raw. You know, and here he was, 47 days, they finally got, got uh, uh, washed ashore. And when they washed ashore, they, they washed ashore in Japanese territory. Went right into a prisoner of war camp. And for two years, they were, they were tortured. After the war was, war was over, finally they were released. And, you know, we look at some of these things that these people, they have, they have faced unsurmountable odds and yet survived. You know, he was just an ordinary person. He wasn't any better than any other one of those POWs. He wasn't any better than the other individuals that were on his crew that crashed. But he didn't quit. And why do we even know anything about him? We know something about him because he stayed with it. You know, in our life, there is a battle that we're going to face. They're probably not going to be sharks. They're probably not going to be prisoner of war camps. But there are battles that we're going to face. And there are things that the devil is going to throw at us to try to get us out of the race. And we've got to make sure that we allow ourselves just to stay faithful uh, to the Lord. So we need to start. We need to stay. Lastly, we need to sustain. We need to sustain. Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I'm just about done. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Look with me at verse number 1. You know, as we're in this race and as we're staying in this race, we need to help sustain others to stay in the race. The Bible says in Galatians, You which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. What is it? We're, we're needing to help other people stay in the race. Uh, he, he says, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering, and doctrine, and here we find uh, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, a young pastor at the church at Ephesus, and he's telling him uh, what he needs to do. What is Paul doing? Paul is encouraging. He's, he is encouraging Timothy to stay in the race. He's encouraging him what he needs to do. Uh, as we look at this uh, chapter, in chapter number four, we read of, of, uh, of uh, uh, nine different people. Uh, that are in this. Uh, there was uh, one that quit, one that was an em enemy, and others were being recognized, uh, encouraged, and, and edified. And so uh, we see Timothy, he is the one that was being written to. Demas, uh, we see that he had, he had quit, uh, he had forsaken, he had quit. Crescens, uh, Crescens was uh, one who continued. He was just continuing uh, in another place. He was in Galatia. Titus was continuing the race in Dalmatia. Luke uh, continued with Paul. Mark uh, was one that had quit, uh, and yet now he was one that was desired. Paul wanted him uh, to be with him uh, because he was profitable. Uh, Tychicus was sent to Ephesus. I believe he was sent to Ephesus to replace Timothy, because Paul is asking Timothy to come, and so now uh, he has sent uh, Tychicus to, to uh, Ephesus there. Carpus is mentioned, uh, and this was somebody that was, uh, that was being, uh, that uh, Paul had left some of his personal effects with, his cloak, and so he must have been someone that Paul had stayed with. 
Uh, he is mentioned. Alexander, the last person that was mentioned, uh, Paul is warning about him. Uh, Paul was caring for the others, and he was warning them uh, about the, uh, that they needed to be w- beware of him be- because of the evil that was done to him. And, and Paul wasn't attacking. He was just trying to warn uh, the others. He didn't want them to experience uh, that, same, uh, that same hurt. So you see here that there was, there was that encouragement uh, encouraging other people. There was teaching that was going on. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So Paul was just letting them know, hey, I'm telling you, these are some battles we're going to fight. These are some things that we are going to face. Uh, so he's teaching them of what was going to take place. He was warning uh, in uh, verses 9 through 15. And he mentions then uh, some of these other individuals. He's admonishing them. Uh, look down at verse 16. He said, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that uh, by me the preaching might be fully known, and that the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And so what do we find? He is just admonishing them. He's trying to help those people sustain, to be able to stay in the battle. And those that have been faithful, those that have been mature believers, uh, you and I are expected to help others along the way. Not just expect everybody to always respond the right way. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to do it. And sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside and help us. Sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside and, and give us that encouragement, the teaching, the warning, the, ad, uh, the admonishing. Uh, why? So we can keep others in the battle. There's a battle that's going on, and you and I are to run. We need to start the race. We need to stay in the race. Uh, we need to sustain others in that race. Lastly, go to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. The author of the book of Hebrews is not mentioned. I believe it's the Apostle Paul. But here, Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now notice here, the race, we're supposed to be running that race. And Paul, uh, I believe it's Paul, is identifying and he's saying, listen, uh, the sin which does so easily beset, what's that next word? Us. Us. All of us. Every one of us. Nobody's exempt. He tells us what we are to do. We're to run that race with patience. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And he's just saying, keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ. And if we keep our eyes on Christ, we can stay in the race. We can stay in the race. A new beginning, 2022. 2021 is in the rearview mirror now. But with that, we can still see it. We can still see and gain some perspective from where we just were. It can help us gain perspective on what direction we're headed, where we're going. When I was younger, my grandpa 
would let me drive the boat. He always had uh, bayliner boats, and he had some uh, big boats. And as a and as a little guy, driving uh, these boats through the bay was was awesome. And I remember at five, six years old, he would let me drive the boat. And we'd be fishing, and he would have the, the poles on pole holders on the back, and it would have multiple seats in the boat. And we'd be, he'd point me in a direction. He'd say, okay, you see this tree on that far bank way over there across the bay? And he'd say, I want you just to, to head that direction. And Grandpa would go back, and he'd sit uh, and face the back of the boat. And then a little bit longer, as I'm driving the boat, I start looking around at all the things that were going on. And I start to veer off. And Grandpa, who was who looking out the back of the boat, would say, Hey, Carrie, you need to go to the left. You're getting off course. And then he'd correct me a little bit later. You need to go to the right. You're getting off course. And one time I asked him, Grandpa, you're not looking at where I'm going. How do you know when I'm not on course? He said, All I've got to do is see that trail of where you've been in the water. And I can see whether or not you're going the right way. You know, the rearview mirror is not, is not something that is worthless. Looking in the rearview mirror can really help give us some perspective. Over the last two years, have we done in our run? How have we done in our race? Are there some adjustments that we need to make? I know in my life, there's some adjustments I need to make. And I think all of us, if we look into our own life, we can see that there's some things that we could do better. And in our faith, since this is not a sprint, I don't have to do everything all at once. And I don't have to go from zero to 60 but I at least need to get faced in the right way. And so some of the things that have been stopped, I need to start. Some areas that have been stalled, I need to get moving again. Some issues or things maybe that I've just got off track, I need to make some adjustments and point the right way. A new beginning. That's what a new year does. It gives us a lot of opportunities just to stop take assessment of where we're at and make some changes to help us get to where we need to be. At the end of 2022, hopefully we're closer to the Lord than we are tonight. Hopefully we've been more focused in our, in our walk with Him. We've been more diligent in the responsibilities that He's placed in our life. And we're following Him the way He would want us to follow. A new beginning. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just the examples out of your word and, and help us, Lord, to respond uh, and, Lord, to make adjustments and assessments. And, and, Lord, may the Spirit of God just work in our hearts, just grow us tonight. Uh, help us, Lord, to start in areas where we've stopped. I uh, pray that you'd help us to get things back in order and maybe some areas that we've gotten off track. And so help us tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.